0: Hey everybody, welcome back to another edition of Bavarian Podcast Works. This is the weekend warm-up show and I am Chuck Smith here to walk you through the big events of the week that went down with Bayern Munich and you know, this wasn't quite as eventful of a week as we've seen in the in the past few weeks. This is uh it's been relatively low-key and not a lot of big breaking news out there. But there were some very interesting topics that were bandied about on BFW and among Byron fans everywhere, especially on social media this week. So we'll take a close look at them. I am recording this on a Thursday night. It's very late. I'm very tired and I've had a very long week. So, uh, But the one thing that I can say is I am energized to do this. I've been looking forward to getting this recording done and uh, I was going to originally try and get this done with Schnitzel, as we'll have him on as a guest one of these upcoming weeks. Uh, schedules just didn't work out. The original time we were supposed to uh, record earlier today just didn't work out with some of the things I had going on. So uh, either way, I am here to talk to you about some of the big events of the week, and we'll we'll start off with just a quick mention of uh, a couple of awards that went out, of course. We saw Robert Lewandowski win the Golden Shoe this week, and it was quite an accomplishment for him. Something well deserved and well earned. He is obviously not just the best striker on the planet, but he is the best player on the planet right now. And uh, you know, we'll touch base a little bit on some of the things he said at that presentation. But first, let's knock this out. Manuel Neuer was given the Bavarian Merit of Honor Award, uh, or So that was uh, pretty interesting. Um, Neuer accepted the award on behalf of Bayern Munich. Uh, Again, Neuer was uh, praised as a human role model, someone who has impressed with his courage and clear message for tolerance and against exclusion. So obviously, big achievement for him and dual recognition for the club as well. Uh, as they were, as Neuer was given the Medal of Honor there. So big accomplishments for Lewandowski and Neuer, uh, two great players both on and off the pitch. So it was good to see that. But touching back on what Lewandowski uh, had talked about during his acceptance ceremony, uh, and it wasn't really much of a ceremony as much as more of a and a afterwards, he had spoken about a couple of things. And one was, uh, you know, receiving, you know, information or at least a request to talk to Florentino Perez in Real Madrid so we all kind of knew at some point there was a conversation but uh, Lewandowski confirmed that and of course things didn't work out for that move to ever happen that's why he's still at Bayern Munich but one of the interesting things that Lewandowski said and probably the most interesting thing to me was that he essentially said that he did not need to go anywhere else to challenge himself like he didn't feel the need to go to the premier league or la liga or Serie A or anywhere else uh that he doesn't have that kind of ambition or doesn't feel like that that's going to complete his career or complete him as a player he doesn't need it he's perfectly content working and playing at bayern munich and uh you know being a part of the bundesliga so That's really good news, and we'll have an interesting trickle-down effect on how Bayern plans for its squad in the next couple of years because Lewandowski, while he is in tremendous shape, is also getting up there in years, and eventually Bayern Munich is going to have to make a decision on when they are going to look at their replacement for Robert Lewandowski. And again, he's 33, and he's playing in an age or an era, really, where players are starting to play longer. And there's no reason to think he can't play another three or four years. Uh, that said, you know, Bayern Munich is going to have some interesting uh, transfer targets or definitely some players that they've been associated with already coming up in the next few years. Whether it's Timo Werner or Erling Haaland or Kareem Adiemi, I mean, there are many options of, for players that Bayern Munich could potentially bring in, and it's also you know quite unclear at this point if Julian Nagelsmann will stick to the 4-2-3-1 or he will move to something, uh, some formation that that has been more associated with him in his career, whether that's a 3-4-1-2 or a 3-4-2-1, or some variation of a 3-4-3 it could open up a spot for another flexible player to move in and play along Lewandowski, but that is a conversation for another day. But it was very interesting to hear him commit and say that he didn't need that challenge, and that is the one ongoing rumor that we had heard oh so much about uh, in terms of him needing a new challenge. So if he's coming out and saying that now, then I think that this might help grease that pathway for a contract extension and help get something done and, and and listen, that's a good thing for Bayern Munich. It's a good thing for Robert Lewandowski. The guy is a legend right now and he uh he offers a lot to the squad and he offers something to the opposition <laughs> in that they have to account for him every time he steps on the pitch, which definitely helps out his teammates as as they get to take advantage of some Some situations where they're not quite drawing as much defensive attention as they might if he were not on the pitch. So good things for Manuel Neuer and Robert Lewandowski. Uh, Obviously Lewandowski making that, whether that's a formal or informal commitment, uh, I think that that was a good thing. And we'll see how it plays out in the coming months. But another thing I wanted to touch on, it's been one of the common themes uh, that we've heard so much about is depth. And we heard coming into the season how Bayern Munich's depth was lacking. And I think the people that were critics of the roster planning and the depth uh, coming into the season, I think they had some points, right? I mean, the central midfield was very iffy behind the starters. Uh, There was a loud, a very loud contingent of people who were not happy with the right back. Uh, the The backup left back, people did not know much about. There was some uncertainty about how the center backs would perform, what would happen if Robert Lewandowski went down, the wings are inconsistent, yada, yada, yada. There was just a lot of questions, right? But one thing that we can really make a determination on after the first month of the, or I guess it's, what, five, six weeks now, of the Julian Nagelsmann era is that this squad has very good depth, and the acquisition of Marcel Savitzer and the return to prominence of a player like Nicholas Sula in showing that he has his, he has the form necessary to really make him a world-class player. It makes a huge impact. And that's not even to mention that Leroy Sané has found himself, that Serge Gnabry has been better and that Jamal Musiala looks like he is a player that could thrive as a starter on the wing as well. So when I look at this Bayern team and I look at their depth, I'm thrilled with it right now. And listen, the injury gods are always out there lurking. There could be, <laughs> there could be, a, you know, a big injury at any point. Knock on wood. But we'll have to really, you know, take this for what it is. And this is this is a good team. This is a really good team. When Marcel Sabitzer is a bench player on your squad, that's a damn good thing. Uh, I would say Sabitzer would be a starter at what. 95% of the clubs on earth, maybe more. But he is a role player at Bayern Munich, and that'll be interesting to see how involved he can get in the coming months. But his ability to play so many different positions and and create uh, a very good backup at so many positions is, is really, I mean, it's a huge boost to the roster. And you look at it, a player like Musiala who can slide inside, at the 10 or the 8, and then play on either wing. And just the versatility of all of these players, uh, it's really amazing. And it's, you know, you get the emergence of Josip Stanisic, a player like that who, I mean, really came out of nowhere. We saw him last year uh, get an opportunity under Hansi Flick. But he's really stepped up, and he sees the opportunity. And he has really made the most of it, to the point where I think some people are, are thinking he should be starting over Benjamin Pavar, something we will talk about in a few minutes. But um, it's, again, it's, it's a big tribute to the squad planning and the depth. And I haven't always been a big fan of Brazos' moves. I mean, he still has a couple right now on the roster that are very questionable. Bounasar obviously has not been good overall since since he came. And we've we've heard some things about Omar Richards in terms of His decision-making potentially being a liability that Julian Nagelsmann is not really keen on having in the lineup. Uh, But when you look at the 13 to 14, 15 field players, uh, the top 13 to 15 field players, when you look at them, you can see the quality and the depth of the squad. I think this is going to be a special Bayern team. I, I really do. And, uh, yeah, heck, even look at Sven Ulrich. I know he's injured right now. But getting him to be a backup on this team, that's a tremendous win. A tremendous win. Good player, comfortable in Bavaria, can make things happen, and has shown he has really embraced that role behind Manuel Neuer. I mean, this is a very good team. Uh, I look at the depth chart, and I'm extremely happy at what Brazo has done here. And uh, I think, you know, getting that input from Julian Nagelsmann and allowing the coach to have some say in what type of player he wants, who he wants, how he wants to use them. I think that collaboration, which was obviously missing when Hansi Flick was here, is something that needed to be there in the past and I think would have helped things last season a lot. But hey, it's here now. We can't dwell too much on what happened last season. But Things look good. This is a extremely good and deep team, and I think that Bayern Munich fans should be uh, enjoying this ride. But we talked about Benjamin Pavard, and of course he is a very versatile player himself. He's the starting right back right now and can also slide in the play center back, which is uh, the position that he really wants to play. And the stories that came out this week indicated that Benjamin Pavard sees himself as a center back. He wants to play center back and is really eyeing a future move to play center back. And right now, uh, it can't happen. And that's essentially what the theme of the story was, that uh, if Bayern Munich had a right back they felt was capable of doing what Pavar can do or playing to the level that Pavar <laughs> has established, that they would consider it. But there's just no one available at this point that can do that. Um, And while, again, some people may look at Yosef Stanisic and say, well, listen, this kid can play. He can step in for Pavar. He can potentially be that kind of player. I don't think anyone would argue about that right now. I mean, Stanisic absolutely has that potential. Is he there yet? I don't know. But uh, it's definitely something that Bayern is going to have to look at moving forward as they start to plan their roster. Uh, Pavar has really come under some some fire over the past season and a half. And, you know, I don't particularly understand all of it, to be honest. Um, I look at Pavar as a very solid player. I think he's good defensively. He is not the same type of player that Alfonso Davies is. I don't think you would want two players like Davies on the pitch at the same time. I mean, Davies has free reign on that left side. He gets up in the play. He's definitely more of an attacking left back. But you need that stability, and you need another defender to come back, stabilize the defense, and cover for the center backs if they get caught out of position. And I think Pavar does that really well. And I'm not like I'm not too big of a critic on his offensive play. I think again he's not Davies, he's not Joshua Kimmich when Kimmich played the position, but I think he does fairly well. And I and that seems to be a controversial opinion these days, but. I mean getting back to the point when you when you look at Pavar and you look at his ability um it certainly is one of those things where he wants to make this move, and at some point he he's going to force the issue and while it might not happen this season and it might not happen next season uh Pavar has a contract that runs through twenty twenty four so right now Byron is in no rush to make this happen or to Really placate Pavar and move him there. Uh, they just don't need him there right now, anyway. With Nicholas Sula, Dayo, Macano, and Luca Hernandez as the top three in a in a two center back formation, uh, Bayern has plenty of depth. And that doesn't even enc- that doesn't even count Tanguy Nyanzu, who is, you know, a a deep bench player at this point, or Chris Richards, who's out on loan at Hoffenheim, who's also proven to be a a stellar prospect and and a good player in the Bundesliga, uh, I don't know how Pavar is going to make it work at Bayern Munich unless Niklas Sula transfers away. I guess that's about the only caveat I could say. If Pavar really wants to play center back, he most likely is going to have to leave Bayern Munich. Uh, you know, Sula. So many things will happen if, depending on what happens with Sula. If he leaves, a player like Pavar could potentially slide right into that spot. But again, you've got young players like Nianzu and Chris Richards, and even Lars Lucas Maya, who is on loan at Werder Bremen this season. I mean there are a lot of options there. It kind of sounds to me at this point that Pavar saying this right now isn't trying to start anything. He's not trying to force anything. It just seems like Benjamin Pavar is letting it be known that he eventually when the time is right, wants to move in the center back. And knowing that, he may have to move somewhere else in his career. And I think that that's kind of the way this thing came out. And I I think that's why if you were Pavar or Pavar's agent, that you would leak something like this at this point. Uh, So, you know, whatever happens, I don't anticipate any move for Benjamin Pavar at any point this season. He's clearly the number one player at right back for Bayern Munich these days. And while I am a big Josip Stanisic fan, um, you know at this point he's a young player. He needs to gain a little more experience, and he he can get that all over the pitch. I mean, Stanisic can easily play either outside back position. He can play center back. He can play defensive midfield, and there's even some thought that he could play wing. So uh, let's let Stanisic keep developing at this rate, and I I don't know. Maybe it's time for fans to take a look at Pavar and and. I don't want to say lower the expectations, but maybe take a more realistic look at it. Is he is he that bad of a player that he warrants so much hate online? I don't think so. I mean, I get why Mikhail Cuisans is is garnering a lot of hate after uh, taking out Sven earlier in the week, but I don't get the Pavar, uh, the bitterness toward him. I think he's been a really solid player. Of course, you know my theory on why he struggled in the first half of the season last year was because he was injured and he came back too early and he is a player that requires a little more time to recover. Uh, I, I firmly believe it. I think he rushed back, he was out of form, out of shape, and he didn't play well. and I didn't you know, I don't think he got right until the second half of the season. So uh, that's kind of been my theory with it. I think he's looked pretty good so far this season and uh, you know I'm looking forward to seeing a little more out of him. Uh, and it will be interesting to see how Bayern handles his request to play center back and, and when that actually happens. Uh, the final piece of the warm-up that we'll talk about uh, are the rumors surrounding Chelsea's Antonio Rudiger. Of course, Rudiger, a Germany international, has really started to establish himself as, if not a a starter with Germany, but he's absolutely in the mix uh, for every squad selection as as a starting player. Uh, you could really argue at this point when when Matt's Hummels comes back, you know, that Germany has, you know, three, four, five quality options at center back at this point. Um, but Rudiger has been a player who he has a lot of respect among the German national team, the players. Uh, that's pretty obvious. And he seems to be a player that is gaining more popularity uh, among clubs in Europe for his play. Now. We saw a couple of different stories this week. One that teams like Real Madrid, Bayern Munich, and Juventus were all interested in Rüdiger. We also saw that Rüdiger's first preference is to extend his deal with Chelsea, although it's very uncertain if that will if that will happen. Uh, again, Rüdiger's situation with Bayern Munich probably directly ties to Nicolas Sula's future. If Sula decides to move on. I think we can assume that we will start to hear things like Benjamin Pavard moving the center back or Bayern Munich talking to Rudiger or Bayern Munich talking to Matthias Ginter. Uh, those are all players that have been linked with Bayern Munich. Uh, Benjamin Pavard, like we just talked about, has that capability uh, to slide seamlessly to center back, but then it becomes a matter of Bayern Munich needing a right back if they're not quite convinced about Josep Stanisic. Um, I just can't see this Rudiger rumor happening. I think it's nice. I think it's, it's juicy and it it makes sense in a lot of contexts. Uh, I just don't think that one, I, at this point, I'm still not convinced Sula is going to leave, right? I think Sula is a player who knows he's better than he played last season. I think he's showing that. I also think he wants to be paid more and, you know whether that can happen at Bayern Munich or not that remains to be seen but i think Sula understands the game a little bit better and by game i mean the contract game the off the field game uh, you know at this point Sula's entering the prime years of his prime i guess you would call them and you know he's a player that because he's so physically gifted he's so fast he's so big he's so strong Uh, it almost works against him at this point as he gets older because he's also a little more susceptible to injury, I think, at this stage. But uh, Bayern Munich's going to have to figure out what they do with Sula, and whatever happens with that will directly tie back to Antonio Rudiger, I think. But, you know, the interesting part of this is just the time frame that both Sula and Rudiger are working in. And the fact is that, you know, Chelsea's been interested in Sula. So this could be actually be a swap type deal without it being an official swap type deal. And I, I hope it doesn't happen. Um, not because I don't like Rudiger, although I'm not the hugest fan of Rudiger. I think he's a, a good player. I just don't know that I would uh, go out of my way to bring him in at this point. I would focus more on just retaining Sula and not having to worry about it. So, um, you know, those were the big, big things that we saw this week. Um the big stories, of course. I mean we also had some fun ones where Bill released <laughs> the the salary tiers for Bayern Munich and you know, who was in what tier and that was kind of interesting and of course we saw the Mikel Cuissance uh uh injuring another player earlier. I mean that kid he he's gotta be driving Bayern Munich nuts. He drives me nuts, right? Because I, you know, Tom Adams and I kind of had some fun with this, uh, over the course of Cuisance's career with Bayern Munich, right? Like he comes in, he, he's actually got some good skill and he's a flashy player. And the first game, one of the first games he was in for Bayern, he was doing step overs and all kinds of footwork. And we had a blast with kind of just like making fun, not making fun of it, but just having fun with what he was doing. And, uh, know it just seems like the kid's wired a little differently he's he's not mature and i think that that's really shining through and i'm not saying his maturity has anything to do with injuring two teammates in two weeks but it certainly doesn't help when you're involved in those kind of altercations at practice and of course one was with uh injuring marcel savitzer's hand slash arm area and Sven Ulreich this week, of course, uh, with what looked like an MCL tear after a collision with Cuisance, um, it just doesn't look good. And I don't know how endearing it is to teammates if if you know, you're kind of not known for your work ethic, you're kind of not known for being a super nice person, <laughs> and then you go out and you injure a couple of people, I can imagine it probably doesn't make you very popular in the locker room. Uh, So hopefully Kuisance gets his head on straight, although at this point it just looks like if Byron had a way to move on from him, um, they probably would do it. So I think that'll wrap us up here. Uh, You know, again, thank you guys for listening. Uh, I hope that you're able to listen to this before the game, but if not, not a big deal. I kind of strayed away from the game type content, mostly because... Uh, you know, it's a Friday afternoon game and I realize some people aren't going to be able to uh, to get the podcast before that. But anyway, uh, as always, thanks for the support and uh, let us know what you think in the comments or on social media. And be sure to stay tuned for more Bavarian Podcast Works and all of the up to date coverage news and transfer rumors on Bayern Munich and Germany at BavarianFootballWorks.com. You can always catch me on Twitter at the Barrel Blog. You can get the site account, which is run by Tommy Adams at Bavarian FB Works. You can get Jake at, at Jefferson Fenner. You can get Tom at his personal account, ladies, at Tommy Adams seventy one. And you can get I need no name at BFW Schnitzel and Samarin are not on Twitter or at least they won't tell me what they're <laughs> Twitter handles are, so until then, they will not be listed on this. But thanks again for listening. Uh, Have a great weekend. Drink a couple of beers on me. Enjoy the games coming up, uh, not just this weekend, but the Champions League next week, and we will have plenty of great coverage for you guys to read about and listen to. Have a good weekend, everybody.